another edition of the Apollo 13 Minute, where each day we take another minute of Ron Howard's classic Apollo 13 movie and discuss in detail more about the space flight and, of course, the movie making in itself. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Henry, from the EAA Aviation Museum, and with me as always... Jim O'Kane of uh, TVDads.com and a bunch of other podcasts. And Chris, today we've got a special guest, uh, one, one of my uh, good close personal friends uh, from the movie world and television world. Uh, she's uh, helped the careers of people like uh, James Naughton and Paul Servino and gosh, even Brian Cranston can thank his lucky stars for being a co-star with, uh, with my good good buddy, uh, the original Miranda of Raising Miranda on CBS, Rihanna Black. Rihanna, thanks so much for being on the show. <laughs> thank you for having me and giving me such credit for things like that. <laughs> Well, here, you uh, you are my my contact with uh, the Hollywood world of, of what it's like being a, a struggling actress in uh, Tinseltown, and uh, I, I know the I know the struggle is real. And uh, watch watching this particular minute, we're in minute ninety four, uh, and seeing these uh, young ladies uh, fighting their way through, uh, getting on the set, and uh, being all emotional. And knowing that behind all of that, they've they've had to uh, audition to get these roles against uh, a million other people who look kind of like them, but not quite like them, and yep. uh, trying to stand out in a crowd of uh, people in front of a, a folding uh, table and a bunch of chairs and people not even looking up while, they, while you're reading your lines. <laughs> You've been at my auditions. <laughs> I mean, do you, I was I was thinking if if I had to do this and I've never done this, uh, I just keep thinking I'd have to clap my hands over my head twice and go, "Would you pay attention up here? <laughs> this is where the show is." Yeah, it's very uh, tempting. Very tempting. <laughs> uh, now uh, I know you know, like movies, the movie auditions can be slightly different from uh, from television auditions. Have you ever been asked to emote or do something weird at an audition that you're like, "Wait, what?" Um. Yeah, both of those things actually. Oh, okay. I <laughs> I've definitely been asked to cry. <clears throat> pardon me, on cue. That's that's one of those things. I was really good at it as a kid. I don't oh. know how. I I got really lucky. Um, I think because I was able to just fool myself into believing that things were actually really happening to me. But it was also really people would get freaked out because at the end of the scene, I wouldn't be able to stop crying because I was oh, so no. into it. So I don't know. I wondered if that often hurt me. Um, but, uh, the weirdest thing that's ever happened when I was a kid is that I auditioned for radio days. Um, and I had a tiny little part in it, but Woody Allen didn't speak. It was, it was, he and I in a room, the casting director led me in and he just sat there and stared at me for probably five minutes. I don't know if he was just shy or, but, but we just kind of looked at each other across the table and then he told me I could leave, and I got up to leave, and I kept pushing on the door, and it wouldn't open. And he just said to me, you need to pull it. Uh. And that was the end of my audition. <laughs> and he cast me, which was just weird. But yeah, that was the strangest audition I ever had as a kid. Wow, we had that, you had that certain magic. <laughs> <laughs> of not knowing how to open a door. Yeah. Yeah. She's the one. Um, <laughs> um, Wow. Well, I, I mean, I see these, these, and these two, these two young ladies in, in this show do a 
pretty good job of uh, going from uh, nervous to, uh, as we'll go into in the next minute, of being very upset about things. Um, but I, I can imagine it's it's difficult on set when you're you know if you're underage you have the whole thing with uh, with having to pause and do uh, schooling and things like that mm-hmm. um and some of these i mean most shooting things go for you can you know in a movie you can do it as short as 3 weeks or you might even have a one day part um but is it difficult timing your schooling with uh you know with when you're doing the set schooling and trying to match up your curriculum or how, how does that, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, like when I did my show, I had to come in three hours before everybody else to do the bulk of my schoolwork um, with a tutor trailer. And then I would send it, I would mail it back to my school. That was the agreement we had with them. Um, but it's definitely, you know, you're, you're there longer than everybody else. And um, I, I didn't mind it. It was, I mean, I was so happy to be doing it, but I, I do think that, I think it's hard when you're a kid because you want to be with all the adults and you're kind of kind of stuck to your little trailer with your tutor for a while and can't really leave and have fun with all the grownups. Yeah, and I yeah, would imagine yeah. that that cast was pretty fun. I mean, I don't yeah, know oh, any yeah, of those yeah. people, but I, I, they all look like they were pretty amazing to work with, especially if you were a kid. Yeah, and they got to wear like period clothes and stuff like yep. that. And so you had a lot of attention. You had to do things with your hair. And, and makeup. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep. So this is, and yeah, I'm I'm thinking that the younger one there who can't be like ten years old tops, uh, you know, just, just she's just probably forty this... by the way, and just very small. <laughs> yes. That's a very LA thing. <laughs> yeah, just moving the moving the date back and forth, and just. <laughs> this, it, would this explain like the nine zero two one zero high school cast? It's like thirty. Uh, <laughs> you know? I can't. I have someday. I'll tell you a story about that show with me. But yes. Um, the, oh gosh. <laughs> one of the one of the women on that show was I think thirty five when she got cast. Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's and Ian Ziering's another one who was like forty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it's bad enough when you watch older. You know, like uh, like any of those Room Two Twenty Two or any of those sixty shows where they have people in their thirties and forties. But I, I guess it just kept going, and that's. Yeah. that's and you know what? Good for them. God bless them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you hire an 18-year-old, they don't have to spend three hours in a trailer. True. That's a, Yeah, and they can work longer hours. They don't need parent on set or a guardian. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, you know, and uh, Ryan, I, know, I know you've gone through the whole thing with the uh, former child actress thing that people are like, oh, you've got this certain, this certain idea of this is, how you are, this is how you are and this is how you'll always be. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Ron Howard being the director of this shows that – you know, you don't have to become a, a former child star. Uh, and uh, you've gone, you've gone on to other things from you do, you do producing your own, uh, your own plays and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is it, is it more, uh, has the, has the former child star thing kind of gone away now or is that still out there? Do you still? It's weird. It's sort of, um, it's a double-edged sword. I think there's a, I was never really a star, which in many, many ways I feel very, very lucky about. Because I didn't, I was very peripheral. Like I, at one, for a little while, I had one of the tutors that the two Corys had. And oh. he turned out not to be such a good guy. So I, I, I was very close to not great things happening, but I lucked out and nothing bad happened to me. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I was not crazy famous. That's um, good. That's and I got good. to go to college, which yeah. also was great. Um, but I do think there's a certain element of you know, what have you done lately? That's this industry anyway. 
right? Yeah. So I can't, yeah. it's hard to ride on my coattails of being, having my own TV show at 15 when I'm <laughs> over 30. And that's all I'll commit to. <laughs> Even though my birthday's on IMDb, let's not talk yeah. about it. <laughs> but you can still play a high school gal. It's okay. You know, it's just. I couldn't play a high school gal when I was in high school. I was too tall. <laughs> Always too tall. Uh, wow. Um, it, yeah, it's, I mean, the, 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 the fun parts, at least from what I've, what I've talked with other uh, young actors when they've been on, on set is that is a great place to play around. Even if you didn't get a, too much time, you know, you were doing tutoring and stuff like that. You still mm-hmm. got to hang out on set and see a bunch of stuff, different props and things. You go, oh, I saw that movie and trying to still trying to act cool because, you know, you're in with a bunch of other professionals. You, know, you couldn't geek out over stuff, but it must, I mean, at the time it must've been fun being on being on the set, being in the back lot and things like that. It was amazing. If I didn't have to be in my trailer, I wouldn't. I, I stayed, uh, that's always kind of been my thing. I stay on set as long as I can. I try to hang out with the crew as much as possible because I just think there's so much to learn from watching people. And and sometimes it's how not to behave. Um, although, again, I've been really lucky with the people I've worked with. But just, like I said, those kids being able to watch Gary Sinise and Tom Hanks and just all of them, that had to have been an incredible experience and i i had similar stuff like that yeah no it's just it's just amazing being being in and, and acting more than anything else is a practical yeah. skill i mean it's a, it's a practical it's you can pick up a book and read about acting but if you can watch other people doing it and then after they yell cut you can still ask them well how did you do that or what were you thinking when you did that mm-hmm. so it is the best learning business. ever it's way yeah. better than acting class in my opinion yeah yeah. And, and you learning like the other side of it, the directing side and being able to, to tell people what to, what to follow in a script or how to change things that that's helped you later on in your, in your current career. Yeah. I think, I think watching good directors, especially, I mean, I direct theater, so it's, it's a little bit different. I, I think I'd be completely out of my depth directing a TV film at this point, just cause I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> as far as talking to actors that I think that translates across all the media. Because yeah. I, th- I think if you know, if you know how to get something out of an actor and you, you know that you can't talk to every single actor the same way and you can't give them a note the same way, you kind of have to figure out how people are going to hear things. That's the most important thing. And also, honestly, casting. If you cast it well, you pretty much leave people alone. Yeah, they, they know what they're doing. Yep. Yeah, do, you, do you get to do casting while you're doing your plays? I mean, is that. Yeah, is if that... I'm directing, for sure I do. Um, and I. I've gotten to a point now because I'm not doing anything that pays like any significant money theater wise. I work with people who I know are going to be good and reliable and who are easy to work with and love doing theater, which in LA is not that easy. You know, people are here to do TV and film and, um, but there are a core group of people I know who just do theater for their souls and love it. And those are the people I always want to yeah, I think, well, I think you have to love it because you're not going to be a bazillionaire from doing... No, <laughs> doing no plays, but you're not going to get discovered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get that one down on the front row, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, Courtney the, Cox did it, the Spr- uh, Springsteen video. <laughs> yeah. I know, gosh, she's so pretty. She's still so pretty. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, I, I think I can even tie this all together with a movie. Um, when we... <laughs> When we watch, when we talk about Mission Control, and they always have the the Capcom, the Capital Communicator, uh, NASA found out early on that the only people that could talk to astronauts were other astronauts, and so that's why the Capcom is always an astronaut, either an astronaut in training or someone who's a veteran pilot, 
And I think that, I guess that applies. Uh, would you say that the best kinds of directors are ones who have actually, you know, trod the boards themselves? Do you feel that way? Um, I think it's a combination. I think that often makes for a good director. I mean, Ron Howard's probably a great example of that, Jodie Foster. Um, but I think if you know how to talk to people and listen to people, I think that's, which also makes you a good actor if you know how to listen. So yeah. it's not, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but I, I, yes, I think that people who have acted tend to make better directors. I yeah, think. and and they understand. I, I think the ones that in in movies, the ones that understand what what your face is going to look like forty feet on a screen, yeah, uh, and, and don't you know, they, and can know the difference between stage and and film acting. Yep, and who know um, like how to explain what the shot is if you're in a medium shot, wide shot. I mean, that's the stuff that you learn when you're a kid too, just by watching. You know, you have watch somebody like Tom Hanks say, "Hey, how like what's the framing on this?" And if it's not your close up. You know, maybe you don't have to commit 150% or depending on the actor, but, you know, at least you know what the camera work is doing and how far they are and is the other person in the shot, all that stuff. That's key. Yeah. Um, you got a question on, I, I don't know if this if this has ever happened to you, but in your, in your many different uh, film and TV appearances, <laughs> have you ever had to work with family of the director? Because in this, in this scene, we're, we're watching Ron Howard's mom in the... Uh, is playing Jim Lovell's mom. So I was just wondering, hmm. does it ever get awkward when you're dealing with family? <laughs> Gosh, let me see. I don't think so. I don't think I have, although nepotism so rampant. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, okay, well, that's an answer in itself. It's like if, you didn't know, if you didn't notice it, then... <laughs> no, I didn't notice it. If, I once lost yeah. a part to Gwyneth Paltrow because her mom wanted her to do something, but that's... No. Maybe that's I, one of those I, things we shouldn't discuss on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can I ask, was yeah. there a moment when you first got to Hollywood that, was there something maybe you saw or something that, that, that maybe set it in of like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to get to do this. So was there a moment that you sort of realized that? You know, there's one street in Beverly Hills. I want to say it's Cannon Drive maybe, but it's, it's, lined with palm trees it's the shot that you see in every movie and every and i remember the first time i i was here testing for my series i, I hadn't even gotten it yet and i just remember driving down that street and just thinking holy cow this is this is hollywood this is where everything can happen you know wow. good or bad but it, it's 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 definitely overwhelming um wow. in a really awesome way i mean seeing the hollywood sign is pretty um, but that, that particular street, I think for me is such an emblem of Hollywood, even though it's Beverly Hills and it's, you know, nothing really shoots there anymore, but, uh, it's just that street. It's, it's iconic. Yeah. yeah for whatever I, reason, I'm having visions of like Beverly Hills cop or something in my head. Right it's now, so. every, I swear to God, every movie in LA has yeah. that shot. Beverly Hillbillies, the opening of Beverly Hills. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Down and out in Beverly awesome. Hills, all that's, those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, really cool. Uh, what you call it? The uh, as if um, uh, clueless, clueless, clueless. Yeah, yep. here we go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just one of those things. But yeah, it, it does. It's weird when you're in Hollywood. You're in Hollywood. Um, it, when when you're there, it's such a it's such a weird feeling because all of it is very familiar, so familiar because you've been you've been sitting in front of it and you know in front of a forty foot screen looking at it for years. And when you finally 
wander into it. Um, I had that feeling on the Paramount lot when you go, oh. you know, you go in the Paramount lot and they've got the old New York City streets. And I'm like, wait a minute, this was in, uh, you know, Star Trek, City on the Edge of Forever. It's this is where Edith <laughs> Keeler got hit by a bus, and this it's it's um it's uh, well she didn't get hit there, but it, it's, <laughs> but it, it's it's all those it's it's all those streets and you you know you see that and you're like you, I parked my car where they filmed the uh, the Ten Commandments, the tank that was out in the parking lot where they, you know, they parted the, yeah. <laughs> the Red Sea. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's so freaking weird. <laughs> I do the Universal uh, tour whenever I can just because um, it's still the coolest thing to me ever. And anytime yeah. I have an audition on a lot, I will hang out as long as they will let me after the audition and just wander That's awesome. Because yeah. yeah. it's like, oh, this shot here and this soundstage had, you know, Charlie Chaplin. It's it's kind of incredible to be here. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you want to, like you want to sniff the walls or something. Yeah. So you can get any kind of clue as to is this where the <laughs> Phantom of the Opera was, and this is, you know, and it's it it's still there and just uh, ah, very. It's very peculiar. I, I don't, it's a weird uh, place. Yeah, yeah, it is. And the other, the weirdest thing that I, that I find when you when you, when you're in L.A. in general, but when you the there's a thing called the the look and it's this the look that you get when you walk into a like a coffee shop or a restaurant or anything like that everybody in the place turns around and then tries to figure out if you're somebody <laughs> and that sad moment when they realize you're not oh. uh, you're just <laughs> not uh, you i meant me not no, you no 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 you're yeah, somebody yeah, no, no. It's, you have a podcast. Well, I, I think I, I i don't know if i've told it on this show but i i, I Chris, did I tell about the time that uh, uh, tourists thought I was James Cameron? <gasps> no, <laughs> no, that's hysterical. <laughs> I was up. I was in, uh, and we're we're getting far from Apollo thirteen. But I was in. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was having brunch with a friend of mine up in uh, uh, just under under the Hollywood sign. I forget the neighborhood there, but it's where uh, Ned Beatty lives up that way. But I walked into this little this little diner, and I sat down with my friend, and. Uh, these two women came over and they were, they had like on, you know, University of Minnesota shirts and things like that. They were out of towners and they said, can we get your autograph? And so I said, why? And he said, well, you're James Cameron. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then my, my friend, my, my dear departed friend, Lori said, yes, he is. Don't tell anybody. And I, <laughs> <would you> st- <laughs> so they had, uh, they had takeout menus from the place and they put them in front of me and, I'm not James Cam- and they said no okay we won't tell anybody so I wrote uh <laughs> your your top of the world uh Jim on the front of it and I, I know these I know these women went back to Minnesota thinking that I, they had met James Cameron I, and <laughs> they probably sold it on eBay yeah it could be I know I just it was just such a <laughs> weird, you know but that's that's just a typical LA thing it's very it's very odd and people are willing to believe anything because they want to believe it and you, you know why would you break their break their dreams um my husband but. was um you know he was he still acts was on er for a bunch of years and he was doing celebrity hockey for a while playing and there was a game he was at i think i want to say winnipeg and jason Priestley was supposed to be there and my husband's name is jp and so at the end of the game apparently they were all signing autographs and these two women came up to him and handed him a, a program <laughs> <laughs> and he started to sign Jay, and the, as they were saying, we loved you on 90210, and he just went, Jason Priestley. <laughs> Jason wasn't there, and he was like, whatever. All right. Oh, no. Can't well, disappoint. I once, uh, I once was in a, uh, uh, in a sports bar 
uh, with a couple buddies having a few drinks and uh uh-huh, didn't realize that there was a line of like mm, like late 90s early 2000s hockey players that were signing some autographs for a benefit and then like I, I happened to just be sitting at the end of it didn't realize that the what was going on and next thing I know like posters and pucks and stuff are getting like slid in front of me to sign like from the Pittsburgh <laughs> and I'm just like what what you know they're like here sign these and I'm like but I'm what are you talking about you know <laughs> so so somewhere somebody does have a puck with my name on it see so, that's awesome yeah they're probably like this is worthless <laughs> Number three in your program, but number one in your heart. (laughs) You had a very short career in the NHL. (laughs) That's so cool. Uh, Wow. Oh, uh, something that uh, something Chris will be impressed by. Uh, Your husband was uh, was on Deep Space Nine. No, on Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah. He still. You know what's crazy? He will still get recognized for that, and that was a very long time. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. devoted devoted fans. He just got a residual uh, check for like a dollar seventy five before taxes for that. <laughs> and nice. yes, they do take out taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, the, and the stamp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, those are fun cool. to get. Uh, wow. Um, well, uh, this uh, one other one other thing about this minute before we go, yes, uh, Ryan, if we can have you back on tomorrow, this would be great. So we, uh, let, let's uh, let's talk some more about the the acting biz. Um, one other thing is a really bad piece of advice that Gary Sinise gives in this in this particular minute. It's um, he says, "Do you want to take a break?" And he says, "If they're not getting a break, I'm not getting a break." And it's like that's a really bad way to solve problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's uh, don't don't do that at home, kids. It's really, <laughs> especially not, when you're in an enclosed space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if that uh, line, you know, I think it was probably trying to show his resolve to getting his part of this done, you know. But yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, yeah. It, sometimes you need to step away, and uh, it's something like I said, factual based that we know, and I know they did this for a few reasons, for simplicity and also to show that you know there was emotion that this is Ken who should have been up on this mission uh, working to to solve the problem. But there were other astronauts also helping. Um, yeah. Al Warden, Frank Borman, uh, I think Joe Engel uh, as well um, were all sort of in the mix to try to help solve these issues. But of course, Ken did a very large part of it, but uh, uh, there were others that so Ken could take a break. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, he's an amalgamation of several people because I, really, it would it would get too complex. It's only a two-hour movie, so I really can't <laughs> really can't add all these other people and explain. Well, which is this guy? That's Frank Borman. He came back from Apollo. Yeah, Remember him yeah, from the magazine exactly. cover in, yeah. in minute three. Yeah. My my favorite uh, quote though from Ken Mattingly when I got to talk to him was still, "I like the second half of the movie a lot better." And I said, "Really?" And he says, "Yeah, because in the second half of the movie, I become the hero." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I love this movie. It's such a perfect movie. It really is. It it's it's good. You can show it to anybody, and you can feel like it. Uh, it it's such a such uplifting when you're when you're done with it. I yeah. I I think it's one of those ones that you see it on TV, and if it you go okay, I'll watch the rest of this. If you you can you can tune in late, and it's still a good a good film. Yeah, you never turn this movie off if it's yeah. on. Yeah, um, absolutely. One one bit of uh, I can't figure out if this is filmed on location uh, or if if this is a built set, but uh, I can't figure out how the the doors are in uh, somewhere around forty eight seconds in. We see uh, uh, the Lo- the Lovell family comes in to see Ma Lovell, 
and uh, there's a ladies room door that's blocked by doors that open over it um, the uh, the front entrance it's very it's kind of a weird uh, overlap of doors I don't know why they built doors that would open inward next to the ladies room door that also opens inward and you can't get from one to the other so I, I wonder think. if that was one of those fake like doors that they put in just for the and then moved it when people who know I don't know yeah. I'm making stuff up now. I wasn't there. Yeah, no, it's it's a, hey, that's what we do all the time. On this show, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just good guesswork. But well, yeah, you're going to fit in well on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This will be a piece of cake. Wow. Well, uh, let's come back and, and talk tomorrow and finish up the week with uh, with more acting stuff. Uh, but uh, for folks w- who would like to uh, find previous episodes of the show, they're always available out there at Apollo13minute.com, Apollo13minute.com. Uh, we're available on uh, all the podcast catchers like. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole list. We'll just say it's Apple Podcasts and <laughs> other places. And, of course, uh, if you want to reach out to us, we're on Facebook at uh, Apollo 13 Minutes Mission Control and on Twitter at Apollo 13 Minute. Um, Rihanna, where can people find your uh, uh, CV, as it were? Uh, RihannaBlack.com, and I have a reel on YouTube and IMDb. The usual. You're just, ev- you're just everywhere. I'm everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should update my website. I don't know how things are. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone needs to check out um, all of Jim's minutes because they're all awesome, not just they're, this one. They're out there, some and of 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 which many are uh, many have feature Royanna. So you go check other, other well, websites. Well, I wasn't doing that, but yes, that's yeah. some do. Yes, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. But no, much. they're so, well, they're well, all great. Thank you very much. I I appreciate you know coming from you. I really you helped me with my original um, uh, website TV Dads, and uh, and someday I'll have your interview back on there as soon as I get time to redo my. I, uh, it's cobbler stepchildren. I don't have uh, I don't have time for my original. <laughs> stuff, but I'll, I'll get back and fix it. Um, but uh, we will. Re- it looks like we're coming up on uh, loss of signal in about thirty seconds. Okay. So we will see you all here next time on the Apollo Thirteen Minute.